it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it was certainly a tale of two halves, but Michigan State is 1-0 after defeating Central Michigan 31-7 last Friday night. It's been a few days since the final whistle, so what are the biggest takeaways from the season opener? We will discuss that, look forward to Game 2 against the Richmond Spiders, and take a brief look at the entirety of Michigan State's non-conference basketball schedule on Episode 119 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on a stormy Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Uh, Kyle, what's up? Did you enjoy the first full weekend of college football action? I did, yeah. Um, I had a chance to watch a few games, enjoyed um, what Colorado was able to do, Coach Prime. Uh, I know Michigan State fans probably didn't enjoy it, but uh, watching Florida State do what they did was uh, was pretty cool too. So uh, yeah, fun fun opening weekend. Yeah, that that receiver's name is not about to be mentioned today on this podcast, Kyle. Uh, Matt, how's it going? Was the uh, I know you probably didn't get to watch a ton. Well, I guess maybe you did since it was Saturday. But did you watch the game? And uh, how did the stripe the stadium look? Was it executed properly from the press box? Oh, yeah. You know, they they actually the crowd filled out pretty well. It was just about a sellout. Um, But uh, as far as your previous statement, yes, we will. Keon Coleman had three touchdowns and I am going to brag by saying I called it. Wait, you called three touchdowns? I called it to uh, to my boss, uh, Josh, and I had said something about Thorne, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll write about Keon tomorrow if he scores three touchdowns, and there you go. So, um, yeah. No idea who you're talking about. I've never heard of that person in my life. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, we don't necessarily need to Monday morning quarterback uh, the football game. It's It's been well in advance. It's kind of awkward with the – Labor Day weekend with the Friday game and us being off Monday. And uh, it's just a little weird. I think moving forward, we're planning on doing pods on Mondays, probably in the afternoon. So the game reaction will be a little bit more fresh. But, uh, uh, you know, I think, you know, even though it was a while ago, we've kind of had some time to collect our thoughts here. We've heard from the players and Mel Tucker. So I think we can kind of like throw some larger takeaways that we can grab from the game. But, Matt, it was obviously a very slow start, followed by what I thought was a pretty good second half. So I guess, you know, we could take this in a lot of different ways, but I guess we should probably start with Noah Kim. He was the expected starter, and uh, that did end up being the case. Yeah, uh, I thought, you know, God damn, it was a it was an ugly start. <laughs> you know, I think completed three of his first 11 passes only, and, you know, there are drops by Trey Mosley, and that rarely happens. Malik Carr dropped the one down the sideline. It just – it did not look good early. And, you know, we're sitting in the press box wondering – is this now they go to Caden Hauser, but uh, credit to the staff and, and the players and Noah for, you know, their persistence sticking through uh, because they, you know, they didn't, 
let the booze get to them, which came out on the second drive of the game. And uh, yeah, they just, you know, it was, I, maybe it was just took central jumping in front right before halftime um, to kind of spark them. But Jerron Glover came up big in that, in that drive. Uh, he had all three of his catches for 75 yards, two very impressive ones. And they, you know, put the ball in the end zone just before the half and, and kind of go from there. So I just thought, you know, they they just they just look sloppy early, um, which is not unexpected in a, in a season opener. But, you know, stuck with it and and uh, finished it off. Yeah, I mean, 18 for 31, 279, two touchdowns, no interceptions for Noah Kim. So line ends up looking OK. But yeah, a lot of first game jitters, I think, Matt. I mean, if you watch the games across the weekend, there was a lot of slow starts from teams. Uh, well, teams not named Oklahoma, I should say, but uh, there was a lot of slow starts in the Big Ten. Uh, teams maybe not performing the way that we thought they would. I mean, even Ohio State at Indiana uh, got off to a slow start. So maybe some jitters playing in front of the home crowd. But if it if uh, booze on the second possession doesn't tell you how on edge this fan base is coming into this season, coming off last year at five and seven, uh, I don't know what will because – I don't know what the fan base is going to expect this year, but certainly that start against Central Michigan is not what they were looking for. But uh, what was your reaction to the booze, Kyle? Uh, yeah, a little, a little premature. Um, I, you know, I understand um, everyone was a little bit jittery, but uh, you know, you just got to give a guy a little bit of time to settle in. Uh, you know, it's funny he, he's been asked a couple times now, and Noah Kim swears up and down that he uh, he was not nervous, he didn't have any any jitters, and it's like, well, I'm. Not sure I believe you on that one because um, he um, he settled in, I thought, really, really nicely. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, he, he scored a couple third down passes, I thought. But he also had some nice passes that were dropped. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought by the second half, um, he looked pretty darn good. And I thought he made some pretty, pretty tough throws. Uh, nothing hugely down the field, but um, some nice um, some nice throws. And um, we'll see if he can look like that for most of the game. You know, if when you're playing Washington and most big 10 teams, you won't be able to have a start like that and get away with it. Um, but hopefully that was a first game jitter, whether or not Noah will admit it or not. Yeah. I mean, he threw behind a couple receivers. I mean, maybe balls that still should have been caught, you know, Malik Carr got off to a slow start and we talked about him so much in the off season about him needing to step up and be a reliable target. You know, he did come back and make probably the hardest, you know, catch attempt that he had all night with the one hander in the end zone, but that's just classic Malik, right? Like make this highlight flashy play. Don't make the simple plays. So hopefully he bounces back, but Matt, we've been talking about the pass catchers all off season. Who's going to step up. Is it going to be the veterans, Trey Mosley, Montori Foster, you know, Trey, I think had a little bit of a rough game as I guess the presumed number one. I don't know if he is the number one because we saw, you know, Jerron Glover, Tyrell Henry, both guys who we've talked about all, offseason about being able to maybe step up and flash they both did in this game you know Antonio Gates was on the field didn't have a a huge impact had a couple targets but uh pretty clear that those three second year receivers are going to be very much part of the plan this season yeah I mean I thought it was you know not a surprise to see Tyrell Henry do what he did you know we've, we've seen flashes of his kind of explosive burst in the return game and you know, uh, he had a he had an impressive one handed catch in the spring in the final spring practice, if I remember that right. But yeah, I mean, his touchdown grab was as good as they get. <laughs> That's you know what a, what a way to have make your first college uh, catch. And uh, Kyle was talking to him after the game, and uh, he wasn't shy about it. He admitted it was impressive. So um, yeah, a good job by him. Uh, mentioned Glover, real good job by him. Fitzpatrick, you know, a guy that he you know he felt like he was the forgotten one going into this year. You know, he has a 
72 yard catch and run. So yeah, all in all, I thought, you know, a pretty impressive performance by the young receivers. Um, but also, you know, it's worth mentioning Alante Brown, who is the Nebraska transfer, you know, he's expected to, to be a contributor and, you know, she's opening kickoff. He gets a, you know, helmet to helmet hit goes down, does not look good at all. He's carted off the field. And for some reason he's back on there in the second quarter, returning a kickoff. Um, obviously the optics are, are pretty poor. Uh, and, and Mel just said he deferred to the, the medical staff on that. And it has nothing to do with him either way. That's uh, not a good look and, and concern um, for whatever, whatever the protocols are that, that they were had in place. Um, I don't know, something needs to be cleaned up there because, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a neurologist. I can't tell you what it exactly was happening. Asked for comment from the university, from the medical side, and I haven't got anything. Uh, but that was a, that was not good uh, look for them, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, all that aside, I was like, here we go again. You know, one play into the season and there's another injury. You know, yeah. it's like I, it wasn't great. I mean, it, I guess it wasn't as serious as as it looked, maybe precautionary. But, yeah, I mean, that's a worthy uh, I guess, thought process there. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with the young guys overall. And uh, I felt a little validation. I mean, it's Central Michigan, but, you know, I've been kind of hyping these guys up that, you know, I'm not worried about the pass catchers because Michigan State usually finds guys. Uh, it looks like they have some guys, you know, we'll be able to see if, or we will see if they're going to be consistent against some better teams. But uh, the talent is there. And I think that was flashing. Kyle, how does, how does a guy go? What was Tyrell like? I mean, how, how do you go? Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Is that like, how does, how does that come out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much like that. Um, I mean, who was it? Uh, who I talked earlier, uh, one of the guys I talked earlier broke into the third person um, at one point, uh, Montori yeah. Foster, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. wide receivers just have a swagger about them. You know, like they're just an overly confident group. It's funny how um, position groups kind of develop personalities, like offensive linemen are weirdos, um, which I think goes... <laughs> Um, and they'll be the first to admit that and their coaches will, uh, I think it's something to do with being willing to just like bash your head against people, um, um, all game, uh, wide receivers are kind of the divas, um, no shortage of, um, of confidence and Tyrell Henry fit that. And he talked about just trying to be like an all around playmaker. Like he understands he doesn't have like big size, big measurables. So he wants to be kind of one of these you know, shifty playmaker types. And obviously he's, um, he's the primary return man now uh, with Jaden Reed gone. Um, as far as the punt return game, he did kickoffs last year, but um, he's trying to, you know, break in as a punt returner and, um, you know, didn't have a ton of targets, but obviously made, uh, as Matt mentioned, made the most of um, his big opportunity with the one handed catch there. So um, he's excited and uh, yeah, it doesn't lack for confidence. And I, you know, I don't think he's going to, bleed the team in catches, but I think he's going to be, um, he's going to make some eye-opening plays, I think, this year. Tyrell is a, a very good quote. He's a very engaging young man. There was a time during spring practice, they brought him in for availability, and he was sitting there, I think it was like a half hour, just <laughs> just talking along, and you know, he's he's a fun fun young man. So uh, yeah, he's, a, he's definitely one who's going to make some plays for them. I appreciated how he like refused to call a fair catch. You know, like there's no, no Brandon Sowards action back there. Like he, he, I, I asked him about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't still don't know how that wasn't a penalty. I mean, he makes a fair catch and the guy runs into him, and it's like, 
Okay. Yeah, he called. He called one. I asked him, and he's like, "Well, you know, there's times I'm supposed to, but you know." <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, we saw him on that end around. I guess you know he had made a nice play on that. You know, the punt returns. He absolutely flashes the burst, and I'm kind of getting some like uh, R.J. Shelton vibes from him. Some uh, you know, maybe Keyshawn Martin. You know, Tavon Austin type like that. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Tavon was electric in college, but uh, I think he can bring that kind of playmaking. The, the line, part of that sketchy first quarter, you know, they didn't get a short, what was it, fourth down and got stuffed. And I was concerned. They didn't seem to be moving guys. It obviously got better in the second half. Nathan Carter did end up with over a hundred yards, but that was largely buoyed by two big runs. So run game, I think is still a concern moving forward. Although I did like the way that Nathan Carter was just, you know, hitting the holes, making a cut, getting North South. I was, it reminded me more of what Kenneth Walker was doing a couple years ago. He's obviously not Kenneth Walker, but just the style of running. Um, and then you match that with Berger, who obviously had the bounce outside, made some plays in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, Carter runs hard. I mean, that's that's a given. And, you, you know, you saw that first play where, you know, he goes 31 yards. You, you get the, the Kenneth Walker flashbacks, except, you know, uh, he wasn't able to get in the end zone on that one. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely got some burst. Um, but there's also concern, you know. I mean, there was – some struggles fourth and one opening possession shotgun stuffed <laughs> you know fourth and one in the in the second half same deal uh mel got asked about the fourth and one shotgun formations and he said oh it's, you know it's pretty late in the night to to get all into that so we didn't get much of an explanation or really at all but and and, and then he and then he said ask dave warner or not excuse me not dave warner dave, um <laughs> dave warner on, on um, ask jay johnson uh which was interesting i thought because <laughs> we did not get to talk to the offensive coordinator so any, anyway they yeah i mean that is a concern uh but you know you're you're also you know you're got some some rework guys in on the offensive line you know nick samak didn't start you know your fifth year senior center he's you know, still working back from uh, an injury thing, uh, but he did play. Uh, so either way, you know, you, you had Dallas Fincher making his first start in the middle. You got, you know, Gino Vandermark to his to his right. And, you know, he's only two starts as a redshirt freshman last year. So, you know, there's some youth there and they mixed it up a little bit. But uh, you would have definitely um, wanted to see a little more consistency in the run game and the ability to pick up those tough yards when needed. But, hey, you know, they were also without uh, Jaron Mangum, the transfer from South Florida. He is a, a larger running back, uh, 230, 235, whatever it is. So he dressed but didn't play after being listed as questionable in the much-anticipated availability report debut. Uh, so Mel pretty much hinted uh, on Monday that, that they – expect him back this week uh, without mentioning him by name but so uh yeah it may get a little healthier and, and we'll see what he can do i mostly thought the defense played pretty well you know 10 tackles for loss three sacks i think it was the lowest offensive total since mel tucker's been there uh that they gave up so or i mean against central so i guess some encouraging things you know the front looked like the strength which is kind of what we expected but you know, i thought malik spencer dylan tatum uh, they, you know, they were put, they were not afraid to stick their noses down in there. And I was a little bit encouraged by the young guys in the secondary granted central Michigan, not a passing team. So the challenges will be coming. Yeah. They, uh, they, the defense played well overall. It was just that, that first drive of the game for central where they, what was it? Like 16 plays, nine minutes, you know, they finally got the stop, but you get in the red zone, you get a stop and then you get a, you know, Derek Harmon is called for, uh, you know, a personal foul or, 
and Mel even said, I still don't. He said, uh, I didn't see what he did. So they turned into the league. I didn't see on the replay. They never showed what he did either way. They, you know, give him a free set of downs and they still got the stop. Uh, but yeah, the, that first drive was a little shaky. Uh, but yeah, Central is not much of a passing team. And they did, you know, they gave up a touchdown, which was a coverage uh, error. So that was uh, Mangum, that uh, Jaden Mangum, I think, was the one responsible for that. But overall, solid performance from the young guys. I thought the tackling was a little shaky early, uh, but it, it got better. Uh, I like, you know, Tatum. I thought they showed some real uh, a good job on the edge on run support. And Tatum had nice hits. Armorian Smith, who Harlan Burnett says is called Skis, uh, the transfer safety from uh, – from Cincinnati, I thought he, he delivered some 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 impressive hits in, in limited action. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a you know something to build on. You know, he, you know, we've been saying this all off season. You're going to find out stuff the first two weeks, and then Washington comes to town, and <laughs> oh, then man. you're gonna then you're gonna really find out some stuff because Michael Penix yeah. is. Uh, if you saw what they did to Boise, man, holy cow! Like that is hide your eyes if you're a Spartan fan. But they're gonna they're gonna hope for a snowstorm in in September, <laughs> some rain, uh, whatever you can do to slow those down. But anyway, we'll we'll get into that more. But I, I, I thought once they got contained on that quarterback, though, they were much better off. Yeah. Um, you're talking about Bert Emanuel, the central guy. Yeah, Bert Emanuel. Like yeah. I, I just thought, you know, at first it was like, you know, they've struggled with that type of guy in the past. You know, for a little bit, it was kind of like, okay, here we go again. Um, but um, once they kind of kept him um, in the tackle box and kind of realized that he couldn't really pass the ball, um, I think they were fine. Yeah, and I think Central could do some damage in the MAC this year. I think that defense looked okay. You know, we'll see what th- what they do, but uh, they look like a decent team to me. Um, does Michigan State have a kicker again, Matt? Yeah, well, so far they do. Uh, Jonathan Kim, as expected, the North Carolina transfer, he uh, he got the job to start. So made his first career field goal from 47 yards, which was, uh, you know, a welcome sight for, for fans who had dealt with last season. Uh, Bit of a Bronx cheer after that. Yeah, one, yeah. Uh, we we <laughs> talked uh, talked to him yesterday. Kyle wrote about it, so I'll, I'll kind of kick it to him. But, yeah, I thought Kim, you know, he showed a good leg. We already knew what he brought in kickoffs, but uh, – so far, so good and then kicking. Yeah, so his thing, like he's got the big leg. He he led um FBS in um touchbacks with like 70 something a couple years ago. So got a huge leg, hasn't been able to translate that into reliable field goal kicking um for most of his career. Uh, lost a couple of position battles at North Carolina. Um and but said last year he lost it. He, he left after four games to uh, preserve his redshirt year and really spent the rest of the fall working with a kicking specialist um, and really trying to get those place kicking mechanics down um, and, and really spent all fall and winter doing that and came to Michigan State and felt like he had turned a corner and, um, you know, said he um, won, won, the, won the battle um, over Stephen Rusnak, said that he, he put up a better percentage uh, throughout the offseason and, um, you know, the, the, the kind of eye catching thing he said is that he's comfortable going out there from 60 to 62 now, which I mean, I, I think most kickers are going to, you know, give you a pretty big number when you ask how far they're comfortable. Um, the, the better question would be to ask Mel Tucker, um, how far, um, he's comfortable sending his kicker out there, but no question the kid's got a big leg and, and, but to see the first time we've seen him really go through no doubt 47 yards with room to spare, um, I think was probably a pretty welcome sight for folks. 
Absolutely. He looked very confident too. You know, mm-hmm. it looked like he had some room to spare there, but uh, you know, a decent performance from Michigan state an expected performance, you know, they do end up covering and, and get the win pretty comfortably. Uh, so solid second half, but they will need to start better, uh, you know, both this week and, and moving forward as the schedule gets tougher, but let's move ahead guys and look at this Richmond game real quick. Obviously an FCS opponent that Michigan state is going to be expected to handle. Uh, Richmond went nine and four last year. They lost in the second round of the FCS playoffs, 38, 31 to Sacramento state. I was just looking at my Lindy's magazine and they have them ranked number 16 in the FCS. I know they're replacing their quarterback, but picked third in the uh, Colonial Athletic Conference. But in the opener, they lost a very surprising game to Morgan State 17-10. So uh, Richmond was a team, I guess, that came into the FCS with some expectations, but is, uh, you know, suffered a, a disappointing loss in the in the opener. Uh, I haven't seen a line, but the game's at 3.30 on Big Ten Network. I don't know. Sometimes we don't get lines with FCS opponents. but It might come out Friday or Saturday uh, for if you're looking to get action yeah, on. Yeah, um, I mean, it's going to be big, though. We know that. So this is a warm-up game for Michigan State. If they lost this one, it'd be a complete disaster. But even more so than the Central game, Matt, I assume we just want to see them come out and, and take care of business and, and where they should. Yeah, you'd just like to see them get on them from the start. You know, the last time they played uh, an FCS opponent was Youngstown State, and and they did it that day. You know, that was the uh, Kenneth Walker uh, flea flicker uh, and then the Reed and, and all that, and they roll. But, uh, yeah, you just want to see them from the jump. The offense look sharp, same on the other side of the ball, just, you know, clean up in all three phases of the game, take care of business, get out of there without any, you know, major injuries and uh, – then uh, get re- get ready for the following week. So yeah, I would. I mean, I'd expect them to take care of business, but you just want to see a little cleaner performance overall. And I think ultimately uh, this is maybe a little too in the weeds, but uh, at some point you'd like to see it. You'd like to see it, you know, in control early, and then for them to get Hauser on the field and and build some confidence, you know, because you know he he was a guy that you know this competition came down to the to the wire basically, but. Uh, he he didn't get a, he got in there just for the final series got sacked so a little rocky you'd, you'd like to see him uh, you know get some action get some confidence moving forward. It's the first ever meeting between Michigan State and Richmond so not sure how this seemingly random meeting came about but uh, Kyle Wickersham probably the one player to know on offense he's their quarterback led them in passing and rushing uh, last week against Morgan State and then Tristan Wheeler had 110 tackles last year at middle linebacker uh, all conference guys so a couple guys to watch there for the spiders what is our spear fear level of spiders on this podcast are we they just kind of like uh oh, we don't mind us we don't bother us or is it like get away from me at all costs I don't know. I don't I don't, I'm, yeah. you know, so long as it's not some of those things you see in like Australia or, or you know, the, the murderous Michigan jump, spiders are good. Yeah, the, yeah. the murderous ones from uh, arachnophobia that, you know, frightened you as a child. But uh, my wife would say otherwise. So Michigan State has uh, something on campus called the bug house, um, which is like a little it's like a, a little zoo of bugs, basically. Uh, so I took my kids there a couple weeks ago and they got some, they got some like dinner plate size spiders, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I thought they were cool, like behind glass, you know? So I, I can't say I'd react the same if it were to be crawling across my desk right now, but, um, I'll put myself down in the pro spider camp. All right. All right. Hopefully the rich, the spiders from Richmond aren't as scary uh, for Michigan State's sake. So uh, that's going to do it for the the preview. But uh, let's move on quickly to basketball, Kyle, here. We did get finally got the the full non-conference schedule. Uh, it includes the three big expected games that we thought, you know, Duke, Arizona and Baylor. And you got some other interesting matchups in there, but we don't have Ken Palm yet, at least 
so I, I took a look at Bart Torvik. Looks like Michigan State is eighth. Uh, projected record of 22 and nine carried by a top five offense. So, uh, I mean, we know expectations are high, but uh, what do you make of this non-con? Because it it does feel a little lighter than previous years and especially last year. Yeah. Uh, the big difference is being is that they're not doing like an in-season tournament, that Thanksgiving week tournament they've typically done. Uh, I look back at this, you'll be the first time since 2012 that they're not doing at least like a two game event. You know, a lot of times they'll do like the three game thing like they did um, last year or Maui, what have you, you know, a couple years ago they did like Vegas, which is two games, but it's really just the Arizona game that week. So you're losing out really on one to two, um, probably high major, you know, middle level difficulty games there. Um, and um, obviously the ACC big 10 challenge fell off the schedule this year. Um, Baylor kind of replaces that. Um, I think it's a little bit later in the calendar, um, but that's kind of adding to me a high major to replace what you lost there. Um, but overall, like I, I think it's good. Uh, you know, they've gotten in trouble. I think in the past when their tough games have gotten really bunched together, um, and that's really what happened. Uh, you know, last year and the year before. Um, now you've got Duke on November fourteenth. You got Butler three days later. I know Butler's your biggest team. They haven't been very good the last couple of years. They're not expected to be very good. It's at home. So I, I think you're okay there probably. Uh, but Duke on November 14th, Arizona nine days later on November 23rd, and then Baylor's not until December 16th. Um, and, and most of the stuff in between there is going to be pretty manageable. Um, really, um, really none of the the mid-majors. I mean, listen, they, they lost to Texas Southern at home a couple of years ago. Anything could happen. But um, none of those, these teams are expected to be all that strong, top 100 level, really, or anything. So um, I think they like it. Yeah, it's probably a little bit easier. Um, and But um, I, I think it'll probably set them up pretty, pretty well uh, going into the conference play. Yeah, they're only leaving the Midwest once. And that's to go out to California and play Arizona, right? Because Chicago is uh, Champions Classic. So, uh, and no true road games. Yeah. Right? And I will say the no true road games thing, that does surprise me a little bit. Um, that's not been, um, that's not been typically what they've done. Um, but, uh, you know, Gavit games are scheduled to be at home. It, they would have been away in the, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge then. Um, and they're not, um, you know, uh, and, and Baylor, I, I'll have to FOIA that contract. Um, I wonder if they're going to go play in Dallas or something next year um, and kind of return that game in a semi-away semi sort of deal. Um, but I wouldn't expect that to be regular. I think it's probably just how it worked out this year. Those mid-major games, James Madison and Indiana State are really the only two that I could see being maybe like a sneaky challenge. You know, they're both in the one top 140 in Torvik. And just real quick, I'll... What Torvik has for the rankings, you know, Dukes at five, Arizona 22, Baylor 24, Butler 100, James Madison 108, Indiana State 134, Stony Brook 225, Oakland 264, Georgia Southern 272, Alcorn State 288, and Southern Indiana 352. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Ooh. Yeah, that 352 is, I mean, what is that, like bottom five? The, 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 no, there's only 353. Oh, think, my so. gosh. I, I didn't realize you were that bad. Yeah, we might get a little, uh, we might have some bench players out there early in that one. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a decent schedule. You've got those marquee games. I think, you know, we have, they have said that uh, Tennessee scrimmage that we mentioned at the end of last pod as well. So 
get a good look there. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten conference schedule is going to be hard enough. And uh, they do have three marquee games there that will put them on the map. But I think a fast start will be expected from Michigan State. You know, if you can get through Arizona, Baylor and Duke, maybe two and one, I'd call that a pretty good win or a pretty good uh, performance. You know, maybe they go undefeated. We'll see. Duke's going to have a very talented but very young team. But actually, they have some guys returning this year now that I think about it. So they, they're kind of similar to Michigan State in that way where it's, uh, you know, it's a nice mix of, you know, five-star talent and returning veterans. I, I I think we might get the late game this year, Kyle, that Duke-Michigan State game. Could be the nightcap. I, I think I think it is already the late game. But, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it's for, um, you know, uh, Duke's in Chicago, Baylor's in Detroit, um, Butler's at home. Uh, like you said, Arizona's the only game that's far away. So, um uh, and Tennessee, like you mentioned, scrimmage, but that'll be at Breslin. So a, a lot of good opportunities for folks in Michigan and the Midwest uh, to see these non-conference games. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting basketball season, Kyle. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but we have a lot of football left, and we'll obviously we'll have a whole basketball preview as the season gets closer and practice gets underway, and we'll maybe take a closer look at some of these teams in the non-con as they emerge. That's going to do it for today's episode of MLAB Spartan Confidential Podcast. The Spartans are 1-0. A little bit scary there for a little bit against the Chips. Uh, but now the Spiders come calling the Spartan Stadium. As I said, 3.30 on Big Ten Network is where you can check it out. So uh, no Peacock this week, but it is coming, people. Just get ready for that. But uh, that's going to do it. All three of us will be there covering. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Braden Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLAB Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. And go Green!